Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Tuesday, May 24th. Galatians, page 3, second half. Today's scripture reading, Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 through 29 from the New International Version, which reads, Brothers and sisters, let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but, and to your seed, meaning one person, who is Christ. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends upon the law, then it no longer depends upon the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions, until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party. But God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. So, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is God's Word. So here's the rest of page three. Hear it again now through Mike's amplified version. Oh, my kith and kin, let's explore this further from an everyday human perspective. When people make a deal, a formal contract, signing and sealing it, No one can come along afterwards and randomly nullify it or tack on additional provisos, can they? So here's the deal. God made a deal with Abraham when promises were spoken to him and to his offspring after him. And let's be clear, that's offspring, singular. He doesn't say, and to your seeds, meaning many, but to your seed, meaning one, namely Christ. And the point is this. A formal contract previously signed, sealed, and delivered by God himself can't be countermanded by a system of rules and commands introduced 430 years later, no matter how deeply chiseled in stone, so as to invalidate the promise. 
For if the inheritance of that promise is based on such a system of rules and commands, then it's no longer based upon a promise, and God gave it to Abraham by a promise, and that gifting stands. Well, what then was the purpose of that system of rules and commands? It was added into the relational equation of the people because of their proven proclivity towards losing their way, leaving the path, and in general, making a moral mess of things until such time as the specified seed should come to whom the promise had been irrevocably made. And please note, that system of rules and commands, all 613 of them, was enacted by means of an angelic interposition by the hand of a human go-between. In other words, it was indirectly passed through channels, since having a go-between means there are at least two parties to go-between. In other words, it's a bilateral arrangement. But God is just one party, and the promise, unilateral and direct. Well, does this system of rules and commands stand opposed to the promises of God? I can't say no loud enough. In fact, if a system of rules and commands had been able to deliver the goods and communicate life, this system of rules and commands would have done it and squared us up quite nicely with God. But ancient writ leaves everyone and everything under lockdown in the prison of our deepening moral mess so that the promise, accessed by life-changing trust wrapped up in Jesus the Messiah, might be given to those who exercise such life-changing trust. But before this way of life-changing trust showed up on the scene, we remained under the watchful eye of that system of rules and commands until the way of life-changing trust was revealed. So then, that system of rules and commands, yes, all 613 of them, became the ever-present warden in the prison of our moral mess, keeping us in line, keeping us in ourselves with the full intention of a full release, without parole, into the arms of the Messiah, so that we might be fully squared with God by exercising life-changing trust in Him. And now that this way of life-changing trust has come, shaking this prison off its foundations and leaving every cell door wide open, we're no longer under the warden's watchful eye, nor do we need to find another warden to replace him. For you are all fully empowered sons and daughters of God through exercising life-changing trust in the Messiah, Jesus. For as many as took the baptismal plunge into the Messiah emerged fully outfitted with the Messiah. The result? All the usual constricting and dividing human categories lie in the rubble of the prison we left behind. Now there is no Jew or Greek. Now there is no slave or free. Now there is no male or female. And these are just for starters. You add in all the other constricting categories we've managed to carry with us still out of the rubble of our unredeemed past. For this is how it stands now. You, all, one in the Messiah, Jesus. And if you belong to Messiah, then you all are Abraham's offspring in glorious plurality and, by means of the promise, fully empowered heirs. And once again, this is God's Word.
Now perhaps it's time for that challenge. Read, Thou mayest rather than thou mustest. Now specifically the challenge to read the entire third page. Take in the full scope of what Paul is saying and see what stands out. See what you see. And then pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. What are the key themes, concepts, and words you are now are seeing emerge on this third page of the Galatians letter? What most stands out to you? What is your initial takeaway? Lord, speak to me through this text, this impassioned writing of Paul frustrated by human fickleness and our short attention spans, even as he is drawn up into the sublime of you. Let me likewise be drawn up, transfixed and transformed by the hearing of faith with fresh ears and an unforeskinned heart. Through your spirit, with, upon, and in us. Amen.